When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. PHLY Eagles podcast on a Tuesday afternoon. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, big show coming your way today. We're going to talk to Brian Baldinger about his thoughts on everything that went wrong for the Eagles on Sunday. Maybe what went right for the Niners, but what the Eagles can fix moving forward. Does he expect Shaq Leonard to be an impact player for this defense? Maybe not, but we will uh, We'll talk about that. We're going to hear from Fletcher Cox. He's joining us in studio later in the show to talk about what last week was like for him, dealing with that groin injury, being able to play and play well despite not practicing all week. Maybe some insights on Big Dom, the newest Philadelphia celebrity, and also how this Eagles team can sort of turn the page ahead of a big game against the Cowboys. But before we get into all of that, everybody wants to know, Zach, the basketball debut (laughs) last night, how did it go? I don't think that's what everyone wants to know, but we lost. And I, I take responsibility. I had a you did a, very Sean Desai of you. I had a bad foul uh, with about three minutes to go. I think it was we lost by two points. I I don't need to get into all the details no, here, but it. but it was an you know I I I fouled the guy when he was uh, shooting a layup. Uh, it was an and one. It brought the score from four to seven. I didn't get him hard enough. I didn't get to my spot soon enough. Uh, I. It was I, – I take responsibility. That was a bad defensive play. I didn't contribute uh, do you, enough. Do you, re, do you regret more uh, fouling in general or not fouling hard enough? Like if you're going to no, foul – No, I, I regret get not getting up. to my spot quick enough. Okay. Right? Uh, it was a play that I, I could have played better defense there. So I, I take responsibility on, on, on that. We'll do better next so week. So what was the final score? We lost by two. I forget the exact – But is it, are we talking like in the 40s and the – Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah. So, I mean, one play, a two-point game with three and a half minutes left, I think it's, it's, it's hardly reasonable for you to pin this loss only on yourself. Ask not for a lighter burden, ask for broader shoulders, right? Mm. Uh, but ultimately, we'll, we'll get better next week, and we have a good week of shows in, ahead of us this week. I love the Tuesday show. This is week 14 in the NFL season, week 13 of our PHLY Eagles show, and uh, I, I know we can spend Tuesday talking about the Monday Night Basketball game, but what excites me is like these Tuesday shows are packed. We got that's right. We had coordinators today talking, but then we have Fletcher Cox, Brian Baldinger. Um, I I like the Friday show because the hay is in the barn. You got the talk. You know, you maybe get you, a little more Dane is in our lives. Yeah. Oh, we can always use we we can always use more professor uh, knowledge, professor Selman knowledge. But yeah, this is an exciting show. I was at the coordinators today, and you referenced Sean Desai there. 
I suppose I was doing my best on the side impression because it certainly sounded like Andy Reid. He has to do a better job. He has to put these guys in better position. The numbers don't look good for the Eagles right now on defense. Uh, like, I would venture to say that that you have less blame on your shoulders following that basketball game than Sean Desai does. Well, I, I didn't do nearly enough for us to win. That's that's the bottom line. I didn't make enough winning plays. I didn't uh, – yeah, if I played better, we would have won that game. Uh, it was a winnable game. You the same about every one of your teammates. Uh, I look at myself first, right? Okay. So – was this was it uh, as uh, contentious as Eagles Niners? Where was it uh, smack talk going both ways? No, there were the, there Any were a few contentious moments the security, in the game. There was, there was there was a ball thrown at one point. A ball thrown? Uh, really? Yes. At another person or at like in anger off in the distance? Oh no, at another person for really? Yeah, yeah there was a ball thrown. First game of the season, a ball uh, thrown, hooked like hooked at a head. It was it was like uh, after the whistle. There was, you know, a little... Uh, really? Yeah, but that's that's wow. basketball. Look, all, all's fair between the lines on a Monday night, right? I once um, uh, I once got in trouble in... I want, I want to say this was... must have been 7th or 8th grade. Uh, Jew ball, as we called it. Of course, played for the WJC. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, the son of the coach, uh, Elliot, him and I did not get along. Whatever reason, uh, you know, we, we butted heads. Yeah. And then during practice, I did throw a ball... At his head, mm. I think I don't. This is one where it's like you have the the cloudy memories of childhood. I don't remember what is apocryphal, what is actually what happened. I can't remember if I actually hit him in the head or if it was just in his direction. But I remember having to write like a a nice no, long no. apology note. Um, I respect that. But yeah, you gotta take gotta 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 take uh, responsibility. Yeah, I had a brief moment. Cooler last heads night. did not prevail. I had a brief moment, like very brief. I'm talking about like a split second. <laughs> Where I was thinking of doing like, um, you know, I was inbounding, right? And oh, doing the off the back? No, no. And the guy was like suffocating me on, okay. the, on, on the inbound. And I was thinking about doing like the varsity blues thing where you intentionally, you know, mm. remember he threw the pass intentionally yes. at the guy. I was thinking of, of like, <laughs> just like, you know. Yeah. yeah and, and, and then it goes right back out of bounds. I get the inbound yeah. again. But but give me, a, you know, give me a little breathing room here, right? Yeah. So, uh, and, but then I said... Be better, be better. So, <laughs> good for you. I did, I did, I did not do that. But in any event, um, there was a lot of be better, be better inside the Novacare complex today. From not necessarily from uh, Michael Clay. Michael Clay wasn't. Uh, you know, you know, Even Sirianni said that on Monday. He's like, yeah, you know, we're all we're all struggling right now after that game, except for special teams. <laughs> Michael Clay's doing a really good <laughs> yeah, job. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So Michael Clay didn't have to fall on his sword too much. He's strutting up there. You know, it's like it's the opposite of last year when everything was was uh, everything was going well except for Michael <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. But both Brian Johnson and, and Sean Desai had to take their their medicine today. But Sean Desai in particular, this 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 defense, you know, I, I get caught up in situational football. But it's true. 29th right now in third down, 32nd in red zone. And I asked him about it. He said it's always an emphasis and it needs to be even more so this this week. He thought in the red zone, they got them to third down. But they didn't, uh, you know, they, they couldn't get them off the field. And it's like you said in yesterday's show, it's, they got in too many third and manageables. You know, the Eagles have to do better on those. They didn't downs. even get in that many third downs. Like they were just giving up first downs on first and second down a lot of the time too. Well, I, I think they were. Once they started rolling. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I mean, we're talking about, like, I, I think, uh, you know, Dana is, I think, has tweeted it. You know, once that over the course of those six touchdown drives, it's like, 28 first downs or something like that without without a stop i mean it's just about as bad as you can get <laughs> yes for sure 
Uh, not one that Sean Desai is going to put on on the resume tape. And uh, Darius Leonard, or I'm sorry, Shaq Leonard. Mm. Uh, my fault there. Hope Slay's not watching. Hope not. Uh, uh, by the way, that that clip that that goes around on on Twitter, or YouTube of Slay correcting everyone. Yes. It's like four of the questions are from you. I know. I, know. <laughs> yeah. I, I always like listening to that. Uh, but yes, yeah, so, especially because in the very beginning, that that first the COVID year. Yes, exactly. You know, we don't we don't under we don't know the guy. As we don't well. know him and at it's all. Like exactly. I'm not going to just call you Slay <laughs> when I've never met you before. Yeah. And he also hadn't really made it be known at that no. point that. You know, yeah, he would just he won't he won't he won't respond to Darius. He would just shout Slay. Yeah, you'd say Darius, and he'd shout Slay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Shaq Leonard in the building today, getting acclimated. The Eagles should call him Hootie. Hootie instead of like Darius Rucker goes by Hootie. Okay, yeah, that's Hootie little, Leonard. That's a little bit of a stretch. He's he it's goes by definitely Shaq. a stretch. He goes by yeah. Shaq. I, yeah. I like that. Yeah, Philly finally has a Shaq. By the way, read the uh, Blankenship. The, the, P- the PHLY newsletter. Um, good job today, as always, by Rich Hoffman. Uh, but he makes that reference. The Philly has a Shaq. Uh, so Shaq Leonard in the building today, getting acclimated. Uh, he'll he'll be with on the Eagles. We'll have a walkthrough tomorrow, practice Thursday. But look, uh, Kevin Byard started his first week with the Eagles. Bradley Roby played his first week with the Eagles. As much as the Eagles are talking depth, I'm expecting Shaq Leonard to be on the field. Um, Jerry Jones had a, an, an, an interview with the with the Dallas with the Dallas radio station, and he said they never talked money. This 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 wasn't a matter of money. Shaq Leonard went where he he, he thought he had a better opportunity. Uh, so yeah. And just to explain that, he there there's no no one's going to pay him more than he's making from the Colts. Exactly. That's guaranteed. The money does not matter. For it him. offsets. It yes. all offsets. Yes. Exactly. So unless someone's talking about signing him to a long term deal, which of course nobody's yeah, talking about. Ex- exactly. So. I would imagine part of signing with the Eagles is that he he felt he could he could play a lot and he could play a big role. So I would expect to see Shaq Leonard on the field. And uh, uh, Sean Desai didn't say anything one way or the other about him playing this this week, but you know talked about kind of the respect that they he has for him as a player. Uh, Brian Johnson really gave a lot of credit to the Eagles' offensive line. You know, I asked the question about the um, how long. Jalen Hurts was holding the ball according to NFL Next Gen Stats, 3.72 seconds, which is which was the longest of any quarterback listed last week. And uh, the interpretation, first interpretation Brian Johnson had is the offensive line was playing really well and singled out the performance Lane Johnson had. We should also say Lane Johnson, the Eagles nominee for Walter Payton Man of the Year. Uh, he's the nominee because of all he's doing um, off the field to raise awareness and and uh really using his story to inspire in terms of mental health. And that's uh, that's certainly a worthy uh, thing to be man of the year for. But um, how far back do you think you could go on the Eagles nominees for man of the year? I mean, I could say the ones, but it wouldn't be by year. But last year, Brandon Graham. Okay. Kelsey he, the year before, I believe. Kelsey the year before. Was it Rodney McLeod? One? That might be right. Chris Long was in there at some point. Chris Long was in it back-to-back years. Oh, I that's uh, interesting. I think uh, there was there was a year when it was Doran Boss. Okay. 2016, I believe, was Doran Boss. Malcolm Jenkins was a nominee one of the years. Uh, yeah, I, I believe McLeod was a nominee one of the years. And who do you uh, think is going to be this year's nominee for the um, 
Ed Block uh, Courage Award. Ed Block Courage Award, yeah. Um, it's a good question. You think they'll go back to Joe Walker? <laughs> uh, good question. Um, I'm trying to think who was particularly courageous this year. I think you could argue you. Now, first off, I'm not on the team. And second <laughs> off, uh, that'd be quite the honor. I don't know how I've been courageous. but I think you're courageous every day coming into work, Zach. That's nice of you to say. Uh, so yeah, so, uh, Brian Johnson singled out the performance that Lane Johnson had, but he did acknowledge that, uh, you know, there were, there were plays in there when Jalen Hurts was kind of waiting for a play to, to develop or, you know, seeing it, 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 he just wasn't seeing on the field clearly what would prompt him from throwing the ball quickly. My observation here, and he also talked about sc- scramble drill there as well. My observation is that and we've discussed this on the show. Jalen Hurts is less apt to run, it seems, than he has been in the past. Certainly last year, and I, I, I saw, for instance, you know that that play when he tripped was a, a play when, in theory, he he could have ran. Right, he was just sitting there. Yeah, he could have ran. So uh, I think part of what makes Jalen special, oh, this is an obvious statement, is his ability to run. And he's he's certainly doing it less. I don't know if it's the knee. I don't know if it's the emphasis from the team to try to stay in the pocket more. But if you're looking for a way for Jalen Hurts to kind of play better, I would I would say use all your tools. And part of his toolbox is his ability to run. Yeah, I did not think this was Jalen's best game. Mm-hmm. Um, not having finished going through the All-22, but just... You know, there were some times when it seemed like he was leaving the pocket early. There were some times where it seemed like he was not throwing it to the open guy. And, you know, if, if Jack Stoll is open and you're not willing to throw it to Jack Stoll, then then somebody else needs to be on the field, right? Um, and maybe that, that goes to the Zach Ertz conversation. Mm-hmm. Is there any, any update on that front? No update, although uh, John Harbaugh said yesterday that the Ravens are happy with the tight ends that they have. So that would seemingly take the Ravens out of contention. Kyle Shanahan said yesterday that um, he, he knows there's been conversation with the Niners. He's, he's not involved in that. Um, but there's, there's, there's nothing yet. Uh, I would certainly watch out for it. I, I know there is interest. Um, I imagine from, 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 from both sides in a reunion. I think I'd probably go Christian Ellis for the Ed Block Courage Award. How has he been courageous? Well, they cut his brother in training camp. Mm. It's tough to get over, right? That probably would be, but his brother's back. <laughs> his brother's right. back. His, 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 his brother is back. I'm trying to think who else would, would be a worthy candidate for the Ed Block Courage <coughs> Excuse me, for the Ed Block Courage Award. I'll, I'll come back to tomorrow's show with my nominee. You know what would be a, a good way to describe somebody who deserves the Ed Block Courage Award? Uh, <coughs> I'm sorry. That's in their wheelhouse? I think you might call him a hero. Oh, okay. Exactly. I like that. Uh, but good, you're 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 on the right track mm-hmm. because hero bread is what we're talking about here. And uh, let me tell you a little about hero bread. What what they're bringing to the table for you to have you have a, a a little bit of a healthier bread experience. The taste and texture, top notch. It's soft. It's fluffy. It's delicious. It's flavorful. It's even scrumptious. The primary <laughs> nutritional interest is high fiber and or ultra low net carbs, plus zero grams of sugar per slice. Hero makes sliced bread, buns, tortillas that are available on Hero.co and Amazon. Plus, they've got that secondary nutrition. The Eagles could use some secondary nutrition right now. Fewer calories than the leading national brands. 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. And here's the deal. 
Right now, Hero Bread is offering the PHLY fam 10% off your first order. Just go to hero.co and use our code PHLY to save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O to save 10% today. I've been consuming a lot of baseball coverage this week. Uh, it's, it's the winter meetings. You can follow all the PHLY Phillies coverage. Uh, but an expression I, I, I keep hearing is the back of the baseball card. Like mm. if you look at the numbers, it's on the back of his baseball card. Well, John, by the way, wanted to extend his uh, thanks for mentioning him in the podcast yesterday about the green dot. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge John Wolf fan, but I you know, I, I like the conversation. Yeah, I much prefer if, if I was texting John, which I don't text John. Well, you should start. I would much prefer if it came up blue than green. I'm a, I, I admit that it's just easier. It's just easier. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but anyways, the uh, if if you want to see the numbers in the back of cards, if you want to get cards, the place to go is Wheelhouse because Wheelhouse is our go-to sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. Their motto, cards and community, because love of sports unites us all. They carry all of your favorite card brands like Topps Chrome, Baseball, and Mosaic Football, as well as T-shirts, hats, and hoodies from brands like Mitchell & Ness, 47 brand junk food starter, and Shibe Vintage Sports. Looking to grade your sports card collection? Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host tons of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. Stop Stop into either of their stores in Wayne or Westchester. Open seven days a week at 11 a.m. Use code PHLY. That gets you $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in store. Also, be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. All right. Now, uh, while you were talking to Brian Johnson, Zach, I had a chance to talk to Brian Baldinger about everything that happened on Sunday, spinning things forward a little bit ahead of the Cowboys. So let's bring that in now. My conversation with Brian Baldinger. All right, we are back on the PHLY Eagles podcast, joined by Brian Baldinger for our weekly in-depth discussion of what's going on with the Eagles. First of all, Baldy, how are you? I'm good, Bo. I mean, you know, we're in the month of December right now, and I'm going to go see those 49ers out there this weekend, and then uh, Monday night see Miami, so I've got a couple games to get ready for, but this is the stretch run, and um, I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm, I'm geared up. Well, uh, I mean, what a performance it was from from that Niners team on Sunday against the Eagles. Let's let's start with the Niners offense against the Eagles defense. You know, six straight touchdown drives. At after those first two drives, there was really nothing they could do to to stop them. I guess when you watch that, how do you separate what the Niners did really really well versus what the Eagles needed to do better? Well, I mean, they got to tackle better. I mean, it always starts with Bo with just tackling, you know, tackling and, and getting off blocks. Like um, those are just the basics. That's I don't care what level of football they got to tackle better than they did. Uh, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, just running through tackles. I mean, Brock Purdy breaking a tackle. You know, I mean that the tackling was atrocious. So that's the first thing. If I was, you know, Sean just here, and I was Sean decide if I was like pointing out. Okay, where we can fix this thing. It start with tackling and then basically getting off blocks. Getting off blocks, you know, whether it's, you know, tackling McCaffrey or whether it's, you know, open field running and getting off blocks if you're a secondary player. Those things you got to do. And then, you know, obviously, you know, they got matchups that they wanted. They they got McCaffrey against Nick Morrow. You know, I mean, nobody no no linebacker wants to see that in the open space. That's just tough. But the quarterback was unaffected also though, Bo. Like, you know, I mean, it was a clean shot. It was an easy read. It was a great throw, but it wasn't like he was under any kind of pressure. 
you know, and so they do a lot of play action, as everybody knows, and they had designed play actions against Hassan Reddick to get it to Kittle, and there's some good plays they had. But I think overall, when anytime you have six straight possessions for touchdowns, um, like the San Francisco did, you have to look at yourself and you have to look in a mirror and go, all right, this is what we can do better to hell with what San Francisco does. Yeah, we were talking about this on the show yesterday, and you know, obviously the Eagles linebackers were not good in that game, right? Uh, and Kyle Shanahan was able to design a game plan that put those guys in conflict, and then they were also just missing tackles. But that's like the way this off, this defense is designed. That's the way that they've built the roster. And we knew that the linebackers were not going to be good, but the defensive line, you've got all these highly paid guys, all these former first-round picks, and they did not affect the game like they are expected to. Is that for you? Uh, the Niners' offense did such a good. The offensive line did such a good job. I liked the the clip uh, of of Trent Williams with the chop swat on uh, Jalen Carter on your on your Twitter, which everybody should watch. Um, is it that? Is it the misdirection, or is it like this defensive line is not giving the Eagles right now what what they're paying for? And in the middle of this very difficult stretch, maybe all those snaps have sort of caught up to them a little bit. Yeah, I don't want to use that as an excuse. I mean, you know, you play whatever it takes. I mean, if you're on the field, ninety five you know, snaps against Buffalo, whatever it was. I mean, that's that's on them. But to answer your question, though, Bo, I'm with you on this. Like, they put all the resources into the defensive line. And they've got and, – and they rotate them. You know, they're, they're designed to, you know, stay fresh and rotate through. There's a four-tackle defensive line rotation. There's a four-defensive end rotation. Um, and they're not making – they're not making impactful plays. And I have seen Brock Purdy under pressure against Cleveland – Throw an interception. You know, I've seen him under pressure where you can force him into some mistakes. And they didn't do that. They didn't come close to doing that. And so I, I'm not buying it's week, you know, 13, and they played a lot of snaps, and they're in a gauntlet of game. This is what they're paid to do. And you're right. They they don't emphasize the linebacker position. We'll see what – I'm sure we'll get to it. We'll see what Shaq Leonard is and what he can do. Um, but, uh, you know, look, injuries are part of every team. If you get gutted, okay. I mean, I would have kept T.J. Edwards myself, not hindsight. Just He's just an every-down linebacker. He's doing the same thing in Chicago right now. But but they, they went in a different route, and they were saying, okay, our defensive line, that's that's where you have to put your resources. All right. And I agree with that. Um, and gr- the best defense in the league put a lot of resources there. But I would say that they've got to play a lot better than what we've seen. Well, you mentioned him, Shaq Leonard. This is not the first time we've talked about this with the Eagles this season. Uh, you know, a guy with a, an all-pro, Pro Bowl history coming in midstream, how much of an impact can he make? But I guess what are your, your reasonable expectations for Shaq Leonard at this point? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm a Shaq Leonard fan. I'm, I'm a friend. I've, I've, I've known him since his rookie year. I mean, he was all-pro. It was weird. Like, he wasn't in the Pro Bowl his rookie year, but he was all-pro. Right. You know, so um, I just never forgot that. But, you know, the Eagles I saw him when Carson Wentz was quarterback here. I mean, sacks, interceptions, forced fumbles. He's got 39-inch arms. He's got excessively long arms. He pokes the ball out. He just wasn't doing that in Indianapolis. I mean, ever since he had the neck injury, the surgery, he hadn't looked like the same player. I'm not saying he can't be the same player, but he hasn't looked like the same player since, you know, a couple of surgeries. So um, he's going to get that opportunity now. I mean, he was basically beaten out by Zaire Franklin and EJ Speed in Indianapolis. They're both playing really good football. But he's going to get a great opportunity here, a great opportunity to, to be that playmaking inside linebacker. I, I don't know the, the last time we've seen, you know, really 
big plays from the linebacker. I know Nick Morrill, I think, recovered a fumble this year. And, you know, I think Zach Cunningham's had a couple. But, you know, on a steady basis, we just haven't seen an inside linebacker make splash plays, takeaways. I mean, they're at the bottom of the list right now in that department. They need somebody that can do that. There's no doubt about that. Uh, let's let's flip to the other side of the ball. Give you a chance to to brag on your boy a little bit, Lane Johnson. First of all, nominated as the Eagles uh, nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year award. But I think if you were if you were watching that game, like who was the one Eagles player who really stood out? I mean, the, that that down to down matchup between him and Nick Bosa as he's coming back from having to miss the week before. You know, what a performance! I agree, and. Um... You know, I, I put that matchup, you know, like 12 or 13 of the plays. I mean, I've never seen in any game that Nick Bosa has played, and he is a tremendous player, but I've never seen that many one-on-ones with an offense tackle where he's not chipped, he's not, you know, he's not doubled, he's not slided. To, I mean, it was just Lane and Nick, like in a phone booth, one-on-one, play after play. And, I mean, to be able to stay locked in um, – you know, and just to be able to focus like that, play in, play out. And there was plenty of game, times when Jalen had three, four, five seconds or more to throw the ball. And that usually doesn't happen. In fact, I talked to Nick about it just a couple of weeks ago before the Tampa game. And I was saying, hey, the, the sack numbers are coming up. Nick looks like you're getting home a lot more. And he goes, yeah, but it helps if, you know, if, if we're covering a lot better and the quarterback has to hold the ball. Like for any pass rusher, if the quarterback has to hold it, hitch, go to a third read, whatever, that gives them a chance to get home. Well, they had that chance on Sunday afternoon, and Lane didn't give them any opportunities to get to the quarterback. Well, that that leads me to asking you about Jalen's performance in this game, Baldy, because if you if the defense is giving up six straight touchdown drives, you're probably not going to win that game no matter what the offense does. But if the defense had gotten a few more stops, it didn't feel like the offense was necessarily ready to go blow for blow with the Niners in this game. And what I think was a little bit disappointing was – you know, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown were like very up for this game. They played very well in that in that first half. Lane Johnson was very up for this game. The the best players on offense were there to have a big day with the possible exception of, of Jalen Hurts. What did you see from him and those plays when he was holding the ball? Are there are there times when the ball needed to be out there were guys for him to throw to? Well, it was the best single best game I've seen the 49ers play in the secondary since Kyle Shanahan's been there. I mean, whether it was Traverius Ward against A.J. Brown, whether it was uh, Dominor Lenore in the slot, whether it was Ambry Thomas, uh, Fred Warner batting balls down the middle of the field. I mean, honestly, Jalen didn't have many opportunities. I, you know, when they got to the red zone, they went straight man, and I didn't see separation. Um, there was plays where they went max protection. They took speedo route combinations of A.J. and Devontae. They just happened to be in zone coverage. And there was just no place to fit the ball in. And there wasn't a safety valve. And so Jalen was holding the ball because he was just waiting for somebody to come open and to get free. And then I thought he was taken off too soon on some on some protections. But honestly, I don't blame him. Like he's waiting for somebody to, to get open. And he's just saying, okay, I'm going to leave the pocket. I'm going to get out of the pocket. And somebody will break free. Well, they plastered the receivers. It was the single best performance by this 49er secondary I've seen in a long time. That's really good context for, for the game for the Eagles on offense. Let's, let's close this out with a little peek forward to the Cowboys on Sunday. Obviously, now the top of the NFC much more jumbled than it was a week ago. The Eagles sort of need this win if they want to you know, keep pace for getting the number one seed. 
a very difficult place to play, a team that plays them very tough. How do you sort of see this matchup coming down? Well, I mean, it's it's the biggest game that the Eagles play all year, every year. And now this one in Dallas on a Sunday night, national TV, yes, it's at the end of an, a ridiculous gauntlet that started with Dallas, you know, on a Sunday night in Kansas City and Buffalo and San Francisco. This is a stretch like no other team has faced this year. But, you know, sometimes you get that type of an opponent brings the best out of you. Like I just knew when I was with the Eagles and we went to play in Dallas, like it's not in – it's not a difficult game to get up for, especially if you're licking your wounds from getting a beat down. Like Brandon Graham said it, like maybe it's it's good that we got the stuff and beat out of us. You know, that you know, we 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 can't just be living on borrowed time. We got to go make things happen. And we can't wait for 59-yard field goals to go to overtime. You know, and some of the things that happen in this stretch. But look, Dallas is playing great football, and the Eagles defense is playing horrible football. It looks like a bad matchup unless unless the Eagles offense just wakes up and they just say, okay, we're going to protect our quarterback. We're going to attack downfield. We're going to get the ball to our playmakers and we're going to commit to the run and find three or four runs that work and stick with them and get DeAndre Swift involved in this game. And so I think it's going to honestly, like I don't expect the Eagles defense to, to shut down this Cowboys offense. But what I am hoping for is this Eagles offense to wake up and to play great football. Um, start to finish, not wait, you know, not wait around, like go down. And if you're in the red zone, like finish it with touchdowns because you need touchdowns in this game. So look, I think they got to score in the thirties, Bo, to win this game. And they're more than capable of doing that, but they need their best performance here in this gauntlet uh, of games that they've played from the offense, I think, to win this game. I think that is really well said. Uh, we appreciate the insight as always, Baldy. Uh, look forward to talking to, talking to you. Next week, thanks as always, and check out the All City All NFL podcast yeah, with Cuz. Look forward to that. Thanks, Baldy. Okay. Thanks, Bo. Thanks. Talk to you next week, buddy. All right. Good stuff from Baldy. Zach, I think what he said at the end there about like this game is maybe the onus is a little bit more on the offense to keep pace than it is on the defense to turn things around. I, I totally agree with because like the defense needs to be better. Yeah. Of course it does. But the offense, if they're if this team is going to be the team that they think they can be down the stretch into the playoffs, the offense needs to be elite, and it has not it has not reached that uh, level yet. Now, maybe if Dallas Goddard comes back, you get a little bit of a boost there. But I, I think there is some pressure on the offense to keep pace. Well, right hey, I am expecting Dallas Goddard back this week, and B, you are correct. I keep thinking back to our show after the Super Bowl when you pointed out like this. This is confirmation to you that offense is what matters, and I. I said then it's it's a little simplistic, and I do think it's a little simplistic, but I, I, I do agree with you here that when you're facing these teams like Dallas, like San Francisco last week, uh, you you need to keep pace with them or you need to set the pace, right? Um, you, you can't just rely on your defense getting stop after stop after stop. And that speaks to the way the Eagles started that game on Sunday with, uh, you know, with six points on those first two possessions. But I think overall, yeah, when, you, when you're going into Dallas, a team that has won 14 consecutive games at home, that we were just looking this up, the Eagles haven't won there since 2017, the way to win this game is by outscoring them, right? And I, I know people are watching at home saying, that's obvious, you have to outscore to win. But my point is, is I, I don't think you're going to win a defensive slugfest down in Dallas. I think with the way 
Dak Prescott's playing, with the way CeeDee Lamb is playing, with the way Dallas looks right now. With the way their offensive line handled the Eagles' defensive line the last time these two teams played. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I I, I, I disagree somewhat with what Baldy said. That He said it's, it's not an excuse to, to, to point to like this this gauntlet that they're fit that they're facing and 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 the schedule and I I <coughs> excuse me I, under, I, I I'm not in the excuse making business as it is I do think when this started I didn't think the Eagles were going to run the table right sure. and so if if the Eagles win on Sunday and they're they're four and one in these in these five games it's an unbelievable performance <coughs> exactly I I I thought three and three was was going to be like. So the fact that they won in, in, in Kansas City, the fact that they beat Buffalo gave him a little bit of a buffer there. I didn't expect when the schedule came out for them to go to Dallas and win. Uh, that said, I agree that that this week more than anything, I, I know Sean Desai and the defense is in the spotlight based on the way, how, how poorly they played. And they played bad against the 49ers. But the win in Dallas, it's going to be on Jalen Hurts. Being a franchise quarterback, look, Jalen, a Dak Prescott is uh, the favorite right now to win MVP. Right, this is a big spot for Jalen Hurts on a national stage. Yeah, to to go up against a potential MVP and go drive the drive with him or outplay him. Like I, 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 I want to see a big Jalen Hurts performance on Sunday. I agree with that, and I think to your point about the excuses, like I think Baldy is coming from it having been a player himself, sure. like it, the players should not be making excuses. Right. But from, from us analyzing from the outside, like, yes, the fact that they had this gauntlet and every other team has a little bit of extra rest and all these things, like you, you wouldn't just, just chalk it up to a schedule loss. Yeah. And there's, you know, they lost by 22 points or whatever it was. It's not like it's that simple, but yeah, eventually it's going to catch up to them. And as we have talked about for a long time, a team that is playing <laughs> like, you know, about the fifth or sixth best team in the league, they're not going to finish the season yeah. with one loss, right? Uh, and so some of it makes sense, but on the player's side, they, they do need to sort of uh, buckle things up. And before we get to the player's side and talking to Fletcher Cox, let me tell you about game time because buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. They've got flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of seat views. Oh, so scrumptious. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Just two taps. Two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Tickets make a great holiday gift. So... Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code PHLY for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's turn our attention now to Fletcher Cox, who joined both of us a little bit earlier today to talk about his week last week, the defensive performance, Dom DeSandro, all of these interesting things that are going on with the Eagles. Let's check that out now. Welcome back to the PHLY Eagles podcast. Joined now by Fletcher Cox. Fletcher, uh, first of all, how you feeling? How's everything? How's the body? Body's feeling. It's feeling, uh, you know, late in the season. Uh, you know, they, they kind of feeling uh, 
um, you know, that late season, December um, push to try to make, you know, stay fresh and feel fresh to get ready to, you know, to battle um, in and out of these games. It's a, it is the middle of uh, this, this brutal stretch of the schedule, no doubt about that. I want to ask you a little bit about the sort of the play-by-play of last week for you. You, you suffered the groin injury the week before. No practice all week long. You're questionable, and then you go out there and you play, and you play a full game. So, like, what what is the process like throughout the week? I don't know if you, you don't want to give away any secrets, but, like, take us sort of through what that what that process is like. Um, man, you know, the process, obviously, you know, um, they diagnosed it, you know, in the middle of the game. And uh, I tried to come back and play. I thought I could. Went out there for the first play. I was like, oh, man, maybe I can do this. Second play, made a move. And I was like, no, it's probably not smart, you know, to – to uh to try to finish this game, I was in that much pain. And uh, yeah, is it like is it a pain tolerance thing, or is it like a you, your actual like you can't move around as much? Like no, you can't move around. Yeah. like it's, it's it lets you know that it's there and it ain't going nowhere. Right. Um, but uh, you know, I got the MRI and they they told me everything. And uh, so actually after the game, um, you know, I started treating it before we got the news for the MRI. MRI growing, whatever. All right, doc. Like you know, let let's get to it. And you know, I can't thank uh. Our athletic staff enough, especially Steve Feldman. You know, I had him there Tuesday morning before almost when the sun was coming up treating. Um, and, you know, we was meeting and I'm and I'm asking, you know, you think there's a chance I can play? And they was like, we don't know. We just got to see, you know, what, what happens. And, you know, me me knowing myself, I don't like missing games. Uh, so, um, you know, me and Steve basically camped out in the training room uh, until Thursday. And on Thursday, I felt like I can go out uh, I felt good enough to go out, probably try to move around a little bit. Um, figured I'd be sore on Friday, um, but even after moving around, I mean, I got back in the training room, started back treating my, you know, getting treatment and um, just stayed on top of everything. Friday rolls around, you know, a little sore, but still wanted to go out Friday and see how I felt. And if I could go with that, which, that's what kind of actually would be the, the texture. Um, did some stuff, uh, ramped up a little bit, you know, maybe covered probably 1,700 yards. Uh, on Friday, uh, in a little workout that I did on the side, so felt pretty good. Um, you know, Saturday obviously sore, and Sunday, I, you know, I told Howie and, and those guys, you know, um, that uh, you know Sunday morning when I got to the stadium that I thought I could go. I felt like I could go, um, and you know, I did, and I actually felt good. In your time here, there really haven't been that many players who did not practice during the week and played on Sunday. Typically, if you're not on the field Friday, you don't expect them to see them Sunday. Is this kind of being a 12-year guy where you, you you have that relationship, like you said, with the organization where you can push to play? Well, is it because of, of your durability? How would you frame it? I think that the biggest thing is that, it, um, you know, it was all put the, that plan was really all put together last week by the head coach and, and the training staff. You know, they figured they could get me to Saturday or Sunday and let me see how I feel, not have a setback on, you know, uh, you know Friday by practicing. And, um, but – you know, there was a plan they put together. Um, obviously, they trusted me, and I was still focused on the game plan. You know, I attended the walkthroughs. Um, that way I can get those mental reps um, and, and be, be able to go out and play. Um, but, you know, is it different not practicing and, and all weekend and playing on Sunday? Yes, it is. You know, uh, it took me probably you know, the first quarter to kind of get, like, in sync, you know, get my hands back, to, you know, attacking and, you know, um, uh, getting off blocks. But, you know, once I trusted it, uh, the, the growing, um, I knew – there was nothing that I could do to, to mess it up during the game, um, and uh, I went out there and I went for it. And then pregame, I was I was watching you. You're you're having a catch. You're 
you're you're loose before the game. So it, it looked like there was no question before the game. You felt good about playing. Yeah, my confidence was it was it was up after that pregame warm my pregame warm up. I did I did my same exact pregame warm up I normally do um every game with Coach Wash and um Scully. You know, everybody know like, you know, I throw the ball, which is part of my warm up. Um, I start sweating, it's part of my warm up and and I do my drills. And uh that that made me very, very confident um after I did that where I knew where where I would be during the game. Best arm in the in the interior defensive line room? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm throwing dimes. Now you mentioned like that, that it's like a full organizational effort to, to help you get on the field on Sunday, right? You talked about the guys in the training room. Another person behind the scenes is a bit of a celebrity right now, and that's <laughs> and that's Big Dom after what happened in the game on Sunday. Yeah. For for the people who just they only know him as the security guy who's always next to, you know, Nick Sirianni on the field or is picking up guys at the airport. How would you sort of explain what he like his importance to the organization? What the, the kinds of things he does? I mean, his importance, you know, he he's he means a lot to the organization. You know, he's been around for twenty plus years. You know, um, and uh, you know, Dom, you know, everybody in the building got Dom's back because you know he got our back. You know, he take care of the players. Uh, you know, if guys need something, you know, uh, you know, getting around the city, you know, create, you know, um, meeting people, shaking hands. You know, not only that, but you know, Dom also obviously. He cares about you, cares about your family, your well-beings, um, where you are mentally and physically, and uh, he's there to support. And, uh, you know, everybody everybody loves Big Dom. You know, he's he's definitely in a, a big celebrity um, around the city now, and, uh, man, we couldn't be more proud for Dom right now. You, you I mean, there are, not about lot, sorry, no, there, there are not a lot of guys in the building who have been here the whole time since you were here. It's like him and Howie, right, in yeah. terms of, like, on that football side. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. You know, him and Howie, they, they've been here the whole time I've been here, and, you know, you know, Big Dom is Big Dom. You know, he's going to take care of us. You know, he's going to make sure that, you know, the guys are just in that locker room, the coaches in that locker room, any other staff, you know, even if the T-Roy and the, you know, on the, you know, the janitor side, you know, Tony. Shout out to T-Roy. Yeah, shout out to T-Roy. Shout out to Tony. You know, always in the locker room. He's going to have everybody's back, you know. So that's the way it should be. You know, a guy that's been around the building for a long time and, you know, we got to show him a bunch of love. I heard a story this week that he he literally took Nate Herbig to get his uh, driver's license, right? So he, he does a lot of like uh, different things for players. What's the the best Dom story you can share? Uh, that you can share, I think, is important <laughs> qualifier here. <laughs> nah, nah, man. Like the, you know, the best. I mean, we we have we have a lot of a lot of fun with Dom. Um, you know, when Dundee Jones and, and John Dornbus was was here, uh, we used to all go in his in his in his office with him and sit in his chair and eat lunch. Well, his biggest pet peeve is, you know, leaving crumbs on his desk mm. or on the floor and stuff. So we used to do it on purpose. And uh, it was just about doing it like, you know, every other day to kind of mess with him. You know, to this day, I still go in there with like, you know, maybe a muffin or a cookie or something, <laughs> like with no paper towel, just like let crumbs all over the floor. <laughs> so he's getting, he yeah. snatches paper towels out of his drawer, you know, just, you know, just trying to, here you go, here you go, trying to give them to you to clean it up. Uh, but that's the type of stuff and respect we have for him. And, you know, he's, he's like having fun too. That's very funny. Um, let's let's flip it to the game a little bit. Obviously, not not the outcome uh, that that you guys wanted in the middle of this very tough stretch. They come in and, and sort of put it on you a little bit. Given all the buildup, <laughs> uh, given all the buildup to this game and the, and like the lopsided nature of the score, and like the amount that they were talking throughout that game, is it any harder to turn the page to the next week than like a regular regular loss that that didn't have quite so much buildup? Yeah, I mean, this this is one of them games where, you know, yeah, we lost. Yeah, they they scored, you know, they they scored six drives, scored six touchdowns. Right. You know, this this is a type of game that a loss that you take it and you learn from it. 
you know, and from my perspective, and I said after the game, you know, as defense, we didn't do nothing right. You know, we didn't tackle, we didn't cover, we didn't rush the passer. You know, there's so many things that we didn't do right, you know, that we've been been doing all year. Um, but, you know, me being on this on this team and knowing the guys that we have, um, knowing that the focus, where the focus would be this week, um, it's, it's so important. Um, and I know, like, it started yesterday in the meetings. And, uh, you know, guys get honed in on what we need to do. You know, we know what we didn't do right last week, and uh, I expect everybody to, to respond from it. You've had bad losses that have gone in different directions, whether, you know, I, I think back 2014, you guys lose to Seattle, and it kind of set you back thereafter. 2018, you guys lose to New Orleans, and then you go on a big run, you know? Um, how do you know kind of how a team's going to respond off of a loss like that? Just the attitude. Everybody, everybody in the locker room on Sunday kind of – they, they they knew what what we did, what we didn't do right. They knew that we were better. We're a better team than what we put out there on Sunday. Um, you can tell the the you know the awareness um, and that's in the locker room after the game. You know there was no big rah rahs. There was no you know guys pointing fingers at each other. There was no somebody yelling at a coach for not doing this, not doing that. Everybody just like okay, we just took it under the chin, guys. Now what do we do now? You know, and and that's that's the way this organization is organization is built. You know, the organization is built like that. You know, you take losses, yeah. But, you know, on Sunday, we, we took a pretty good beating. And like I said, we got to learn from that. And is there, you know, you've got one game at a time, all of that stuff, but is there in the in the back of your heads, like, we'll, we'll see them again? Like, at least we hope we see, we'll see them again? I mean, a game like that, you know, back in, like like I said, Zach just said, you know, was it, he said 18, you know, we get down there and yeah. get embarrassed, you know, and it was like, okay. Um, but... For us, is you know, it wasn't in, especially being at home, right? Yeah. It's one of them things where we, 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 like I said, we took it under the chin and we got to respond. Or we get a chance. The good thing about the regular season is that we get a chance to go play next week. Uh, we get a chance to go on the road. Um, and, you know, really good teams find ways to win on the road. And I think we've done that, you know, a lot this year. Um, we, we had one road loss this year. Um, but, um, you know, good teams find ways to win on the road. We've, we've talked about this, this stretch that you're on. You know, it's, it seems every week it's a team that's that's going to be in the playoffs. What's it like living it? What's it like, you know, when you you go from from Dallas to Kansas City, you know, uh, Buffalo, uh, San Francisco. Now you got Dallas, Seattle next week. You got like this every, Monday night flex out of nowhere, yeah. which like every week I'll say it so yeah. you don't have to say it and yeah. get in trouble. Like ridiculous by the NFL. But yeah, um, I agree. <laughs> I can't say that, but, you know, I can support I can support what you said. Uh you know, they're, they're not making it easy for us. Yeah. You know, they're not making it easy. You know, we get we just play the teams with 10 days rest. Now we get to play another team with 10 days rest. You know, we're coming off of, you know, I mean, two 4.30 games, you know, a Monday night game, you know, guys playing 80, 90 snaps. But there's no excuse, right? You know, it's, it's the reality of being a, being a professional. Um, and uh, we just got to, you know, embrace it um, and just, you know, keep finding ways, keep finding ways. And and, and there's there's light at the end of this tunnel somewhere. We just got to, you know, as a team, um, keep having success and uh, have fun with it. You mentioned those, those snap counts in passing. I know that we've sort of joked that this is like a question that you always get as a defensive lineman as your snap counts rise. But it does seem like, especially the guys on the outside, Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick are playing a higher percentage of snaps than they have in years past. It's not quite the, like, you know, 50-50, 60-40 rotation we've seen in years past. Do you, like, what is your what is your opinion on that? Is that, are, do we make too much of that? Is that as long as the guys feel good, it's okay? How does that all work out in your mind? I think the biggest thing is, is it's always the, 
the flow of the game, you know, how the, how the game's going. And uh, I think the, the whole coaching staff, they make decisions on that, on how the game's going. And sometimes, you know, you know, me, myself, I get caught up out there in a seven-play drive, and I don't mean to. You know, I just kind of right. get caught up in the moment and want to get off the field. Uh, but and that happens. You know, that that adds that with those three or four reps, um, and then and they add up pretty quick. Next thing you know, you look up and you have sixty reps, and it's like, man, like I need to dial it back a little bit. You know, kind of like just to stay fresh and, and be dominant in the fourth quarter. The big story this week is is, is Shaq Leonard signing. Um, you've been a part of a lot of high-profile players coming in, whether. It was Julio this year, last year, Sue, Linval Joseph. You know, you can you can go on. What's the the process when that type of player who who's who's going to have to contribute comes in in the middle of the season, late in the season? It's always you know it's always good. It's always different, you know. Um, but this year is actually um, pretty. Um, it'll be pretty good because uh, I walk in this morning to, to you know to do some treatment and and uh, do a little cardio, kind of do my normal Tuesday routine and. Uh, his locker's right beside mine, so I think they put him right beside me. So um, that'll be good, you know, to get him get him here and, you know, kind of get him update. You know, any questions, honestly, I've been around long enough, around the building long enough, around the city. Any questions and stuff like that he need help with, like, I I, I can answer that question uh, for him. But he's going to be good for us. You know, I'm happy, you know, he, he came here and uh, – you know he's 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 only going to add more character and, and leadership to, to this to this defense and team. All right, last thing I want to do, Fletch, is you had to play against Javon Hargrave uh, on Sunday. You know, a guy you played against so much. We know Zach has this encyclopedic knowledge of of your career. <laughs> I want to see, like, well, let's go back and forth. If you can name all of the defensive tackles who have started for the Eagles over the course of your tenure with the team, well, let, you can obviously go first. All the defensive tackles that started that started at least one game. Uh, Benny Logan. Benny Logan. Benny Logan is, is uh, I believe, number two on the list behind you. So there you go. He, he has the most starts. Zach, go ahead. Well, then I'll, I'll go Javon because he just mentioned that. Javon Hargrave. Okay. Now there is a guy who played one more game than Javon Hargrave over the course of your tenure. Uh, Timmy Jernigan. Timmy Jernigan is the next after Javon Hargrave. He's got 27 starts. Uh, so I'm not going in order here, but We're Bo Allen. Going. Yeah, Bo, Bo Allen. Allen did start there. Go ahead. Bo Allen. He had eight. Uh, Cullen Jenkins. Cullen Jenkins, 16. I'll go Derek Landry. You stay in that. Tw- Derek that Landry, seven. No, I'm about to say, yeah, he was. Uh, <laughs> let me see. Um, Cedric Thornton. Cedric Thornton, 45. One more game okay. than Javon Hargrave. Yeah. Uh, let's go Isaac Sopawaga. Isaac Sopawaga, seven. Uh, I'm going to go with. Uh, hey, I'm missing somebody. I have played with so many teammates. <laughs> Get a couple current guys you could you could name. Yeah, I'm about to, I'm about to go Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis, seventeen. Okay, I'll go Jalen Carter then. Jalen Carter well, has not, not started, started a game right, yeah. once. Jalen Carter, one. he started one. Did he? Yes. Okay. Uh, against Buffalo. Okay. He has okay. one start. Okay. Yeah, uh, didn't, have, didn't have him on my list. There you go. All right, some current that guy. makes it twenty-two. Uh, so one more current. Is a, is a couple more current uh, guys. It was a couple current guys. Defensive tackles. Yeah. Hey, who am I missing? There's two. One, one you should. Well, I mean, they're both guys are in the room. Milton. Milton. Milton's had uh, eleven starts. And uh, Marlon. Marlon. Marlon has one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, how many are left? Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's nine left. Did uh, Clifton Gathers start? Clifton Gathers did not start. Ah, okay. No. Ooh. Uh, Big lift. Six, eight, three, six. Yeah, he was. Uh, now, from Brandon last Bear, did he start again? Brandon Bear started one. Ah, that's Brandon a good Bear one. did start one. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, okay. I'll give you the. I'll give you some of the rest of these. Now, uh, from last year, Linval. Linval started. Okay. Some oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Haloti. Haloti. 
Malik Jackson. Yes. How did I forget Malik? Uh, now and then we start getting to the to the lower level guys. Hassan Ridgeway. Yo, yeah. Destiny Vial. He did. Yeah. And then and now we have the guys with just one. Bruce Hector. <laughs> Hold on, stop. Let me get to that. I'm gonna go. Bruce Hector. Yeah. Trayvon Hester. Yes. Yep. Yes. Raekwon Raekwon Williams. Yes, Raekwon yes. Williams. That's good. Good work. Good work. Uh, yeah. And then the last one is Contavia Street. Yeah, Street. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, when you started naming Bruce, I was like, all right, all right. Now I got. Now I stop. I know this. I remember what game this is. All the young guys. Played. <laughs> I can't believe the Raekwon Williams. Yeah, Raekwon That's Williams a got a set. That's right. I remember that. Yes, he got his first set. Yeah. And Trayvon Hester, of course, yep. one, of the, one of the big plays in, uh, in yeah. Eagles history. Yeah. And the, the fingertip on that. The fingertip. The on double the doink. Ball. So yeah. there you go. Yep. All right. Uh, good stuff, Fletch. Shout Thank out you. to uh, Raekwon Williams, who we, we hope is watching yes, this, this episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast. We look forward to uh, talking to you again next week. Good luck on Sunday against the Cowboys. And back with more on the PHLY Eagles podcast. If you are desperately in search of Raekwon Williams merch, I can't promise that Foco has it. <laughs> but I would guess that if anybody is going to have it, Foco is as good of a bet as any. Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. It's holiday season, people. You need those gifts. Overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need. Foco has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. Foco always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY10 for 10% off. What did you think of Fletch, Zach? I thought that was a good session with him. Uh, I appreciate how engaged he was. I thought he had good insight on, first off, the week that was for him. Yeah. Right? Trying to get to Sunday. It's It says... It says a lot about him that like he had this plan from Tuesday to kind of push through to get to Sunday. He gets there. I like the Dom uh, anecdote oh, that, about the, the crumbs. muffin crumbs. Love that. Yes, Dom. Uh, Dom and my wife have something in common. They both do not like crumbs. Or around. I think they're so. both they're both fixers of, of <laughs> yeah. certain degrees. I would say. Yeah. So if, if they're both problem solvers. Yeah. Uh, like if if I try to sneak a cookie. In, in the house Emily has like she has um, a secret power to find any type of crumb like if, <laughs> there is like a mini crumb underneath she'll she'll find it and then she'll so you had a cookie right? uh. <laughs> yeah, exactly um, so like and that we should do that in other surfaces like if you if you try to sneak that cookie in the car will she inspect the car as well oh yeah if there's <laughs> like there are times if 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 I put something in the trash can and really yeah and she'll 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 find it and she'll call me out on it yeah. all of a sudden she's she's coming into the novacare complex at the media house oh, and yeah. inspecting oh i was gonna say that guy saw a little uh little yeah there was chip a time there. so uh there's this place you can feel free to advertise it's called crumble cookie uh and they have these pink boxes and i mm. i went it was by my daughter's school and so i i picked up before i picked her up i got a crumble cookie yeah why not i threw Treat it out yourself. i threw it out in our like in the trash can and all of a sudden, I get called out like Did two days later for having a crumb cookie. <laughs> like I need to take it to a trash can at the Wawa or something. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, um, I, I, I thought that was a good anecdote there. Uh, from a football perspective, it really seems like he's viewing it. They they took that game on the chin, and he's, he's not worried about it following into this Dallas game, but he certainly sees the importance of it. I, I get the sense that, I mean, the just the – 
the gauntlet we've talked about, to keep using that 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 term, uh, is is wearing on them, and sure. it, it, as it would anybody. And you would think mentally just as much. I mean, yeah. maybe not just as much as physically, but every game is yeah. is, is this huge game. Like that's a little bit exhausting. Yeah. And then from a playful note, <coughs> excuse me, Fletcher Cox is just like us. Likes to sit around and just mention random. Remember players. some guys, yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I mean, that's the that's the best thing and to Ray do in Quan a bar. Williams pull, fantastic. Exactly, name so and so. Next week player. we'll play immaculate grid with him. Yeah, he might like it. Do you think he's played before? No. Okay, well he might like it. Yeah, yeah he might like it. Yeah, especially if it's an Eagles one. Especially that, if that's a, that's a good one. That's true. Uh, all right, before we get going, a couple of questions in the chat that mm-hmm. I want to get your your thoughts on. Somebody asked about you know the lack of playing time for Nolan Smith and Keely Ringo. We've talked a little bit about. Nolan Smith re- recently, how you know it, it is a major factor in this pass rush that they do not trust this guy. They use a first round pick on. It's not ideal. What's your what's your you know understanding of why those guys are not on the field? Yeah, they they don't think they're ready to play. I mean, Nolan Smith, they do think he's ready to play, uh, but certainly not the role that I anticipated for him or the role that he should be playing. I mean, eleven snaps uh, in a week after the Eagles played ninety plus snaps on defense and they cut Derek Barnett. I, I think that 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 shows you that that they feel he still needs refinement, in particular as a pass rusher. And I got that one wrong during training camp because I thought he looked really good uh, in practices in camp, and I thought he was going to carve out a role. Uh, so I'm 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 surprised by that, and I keep I keep telling you he's going to play more. But I said that after the buy, I said that after the trade deadline, and it hasn't and and, and it hasn't happened. So now it's one of these things where. Until he sees it, uh, until he does it, I need to say that they just don't think he's 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 ready for that bigger role. In Keely Ringo's case, I do think they view this almost like a redshirt season. He was 20 years old when they drafted him. They traded a draft pick next year for him. It's it's going to be a pet peeve of yours, but I think it's one of those things where Howie Roseman's going to look at it like this is our 2024 third round pick. If he was in the draft this year, he'd be uh, a first or second round pick. Right now. now well, yeah, but but let's just think about that logistically. If he's not playing this year, then you're using a third round pick <laughs> on a guy who you're only getting three years of his rookie contract right. of, right? Yeah. Like even if he even if he is as good as they hope he's going to be, now you know if he's a really good player, that's fine. You'll figure it out. It's that's a that's not a bad problem to have. But like you can't just you can't just toss aside like oh this is our this is that was his redshirt year. It's a third round pick. You're not going to get a fourth year out of him. No, you, you know, like well, unless it doesn't you, work. Well, yeah, you can sign a contract, contract, but it doesn't work. Like it, it doesn't work yeah. that way. True, true. You can rationalize it however you want. But the but. look, it, the expected value. Like if you get if you get two productive, if you get two starting seasons out of a player you drafted 100%. in the in you trade a third round pick for him, you draft him in the fourth round. But, but it's also very fair to say the early returns are not yeah. ideal on a, on a guy who cannot get on the field for a unit that has had so much that's, turnover yeah, in that's, the secondary this season. That's where I was going to – you're absolutely right because, look, Eli Ricks, an undrafted rookie, is on the field. Josh Job, an undrafted guy who, who, made the, you know, who made the team last year and then this year, mainly a special teams guy, was starting games earlier this year over – your fourth round pick and that that could be your fourth round pick so keely ringo has had ample opportunity to play this year and the eagles haven't deemed him ready to play and they'll tell you he's contributing on special teams. i was teams. gonna say he has played well on special yeah. teams that, that is definitely true uh but no to, to answer your question as, as as far as the why they don't think they're ready to play that's 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 the reason the eagles aren't holding him back to play like these other great veterans ahead of him 
He's they're playing Eli Ricks and Josh Job, right? And I gotta say, Bradley Roby, we didn't talk about from last game. Like, and he's missing tackles. Uh, you know, he had that big missed tackle in the open field. It's funny because they have they're setting up this rotation for like Roby to be the guy on first and second down because they yeah. trust him in the box and and he can play and run support and Ricks on third down and then in that game they were both exposed in like the things that they're supposed to be good at like Ricks is getting turned around in coverage and Roby's missing tackles like there's there's a bit of a personnel issue there for sure. Uh, I thought you made a really good point on yesterday's show. I was thinking about it on my drive home last night about the fact that the Eagles like can't think that they outsmarted the rest of the league with guys who were starting on the national championship team. And, and it, it brings to mind something I always heard about why the Eagles drafted smaller school players uh, late in those late rounds during like the Andy Reid, Joe Banner era uh, before kind of the, the, the draft complex became so right. such a thing. Howie Roseman, uh, I, I, he made the reference last year or two years ago that you don't find your Andy Studebakers who are like, who is this guy anymore? Um, but the Eagles logic there was that it takes a certain amount of hubris to think that you're going to draft someone from like Florida state or Miami or USC in the seventh round that the rest of the, that, that like you scouted better than the rest of the league. So where you can find your edge is guys like, you know, Todd Harriman's in the fourth round, or, you know, they took like Keontae Marshall and like players from Grand Valley State or, you know, um, that that was a philosophy the Eagles had, and it ties in, in into your logic. N'Kobe Dean was a third-round pick. Everyone had every scouting, had every like scouting report necessary on N'Kobe Dean. Their doctors looked at him. Right. Their scouts were down there. Keely Ringo was in the fourth round this year. It's not like teams were like, Oh man, how did he slip? Right, right? Like, this guy. Yeah. Exactly. So there is. I thought that was a really good point that that uh, that deserved, you know, deserves to be shouted out today. Oh well, thanks. We'll we'll, we'll keep that in mind uh, as draft season approaches. Other thing to ask you about from the chat. I saw this earlier on Twitter as well. A, a completely unsubstantiated rumor that like Nick Damakin Sue might be looking to come back and maybe with the Eagles. What do you make of that? <laughs> well, I know that Damakin Sue uh, wanted to do this path that similar to what he did last year no interest in going to training camp right like like don't do september october you know come playoff time or like, right. like uh crunch time uh, sign me up uh and certainly the eagles are a team that's a contender i have not specifically heard that uh rumor i i did see it on on twitter but i'm saying i haven't had someone tell me watch out for sue uh i certainly wouldn't rule it out per se like the eagles could always use help on the defensive front. I mean, Ojimo is up and not playing. Exactly. So like, if they're going to trust him to play a couple snaps, that's not the worst yeah. thing in the world. I mean, he's in Dominican suit, right? I, I and and he's. <laughs> Don't give me the. Let's not get into Dominican coming. <laughs> Dominican's coming, man. I I uh, I was on a a flight with Dominican this this um uh this spring. Oh, when you did the the, uh, the talent summit. Yeah, the... yeah, and and had a chance to catch up with him. He was actually in the same group as Jason Kelsey, and it was uh. It was it was nice to talk to Endomican. Really smart guy. All right, I have one last thing that I have been I have been waiting to ask you about uh, oh, since okay. it happened. Okay. And I have a sense of what you would think, but but you are Mr. College Football. Oh yes, I like. I this. need to get your thoughts. What what? How do you, how do you uh, view what the committee did, leaving out an unbeaten Florida yeah. State team? I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong. Like I think I think uh, the statements from. Mike Norville and from Florida State is absolutely correct. What's this? 
Why play the games? They they ran the table in the ACC, and if you say, all right, the ACC is a bad conference this year, I would agree with you. I watched a lot of ACC this year. They scheduled LSU. They 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 scheduled Florida. They beat both of them. LSU is a darn good football team. They destroyed LSU, and I get it. I get it. Jordan Travis isn't there. Okay, based on that, if if there was a selection committee in 2017, the Eagles wouldn't have been voted in because Nick Foles looked really bad in you know at the end of the season that year. Like this, and going into the playoffs, you'd be like, well, they're not the team that won 13 games. The team that won 13 games was powered by Carson Wentz. Well, look, no, I'm not saying that the the uh, you know Florida State's backups or third strength has is like Nick Foles caliber, but I would I would I would remind them Ohio State lost J T Barrett around the same time Cardell Jones steps in and leads Ohio State to the national championship. Florida State now now there is a part of me that says like the SEC is the SEC and they've won what 17 of the last 25 national championships and then to have uh, a final four without Alabama or Georgia would be, would be tough to rationalize. I could probably argue like Georgia over Texas, but you know, there's uh, you can't have Alabama over Texas when Texas beat Alabama right in Alabama stadium. Uh, can you have Georgia over Alabama when Alabama just, just, j- just beat them? It makes it hard. That's why I'm saying like, you have a team that went undefeated, that beat LSU, that 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 beat Florida. Um, like, what's the point of playing the games? And I think there, I, I do think that there is an overreaction to the way TCU lost to Georgia last year. Uh, but TCU beat Michigan. Right, they last also year. won their semifinal yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I don't they, 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 yeah. they beat Michigan last year. Uh, so I'm. Uh, yeah, I I think it's a better game. Look, I think Alabama's a better team than Florida State. I think Michigan would rather play Florida State than Alabama. Uh, so if you go with that rationale, I just don't. I uh, I think the term that, like it's been framed. It's the four best teams, not the team that deserves it. It's so farcical. I don't like the term deserves. How about the term earned? How about the term like you won your games? Yeah. You every team that was on your schedule, you beat. Including LSU, uh, so yeah, I. It's the most fired up I've ever seen. You. This is yeah, great. I'm. I'm not like a Florida State guy. I don't. I haven't been that impressed with Florida State this year. But why play the games if you go undefeated? Yeah, I mean, literally, you, like, what is the point of the sport exactly. if they can go undefeated and not make it's it's ridiculous? Yeah, uh, and and there are there are like. It, it, sure, it would be silly if the SEC was not represented, but there are there like, there are so many years when the SEC gets two teams in because there are not enough you know there yeah. are not enough undefeated teams. This is just the way it went this year. There are three undefeated teams. They all have got to be in the playoff. They have to be, and then the other team beat Alabama, so they got to go in. Like, sorry, that's tough. Maybe that doesn't mean you get the best team in, but like yeah. that's how it works. That's that's the point of the sport. <laughs> That's the point of playing. That's the point of playing games. It's ridiculous, right? Like otherwise, just pick your four teams at the beginning of the season yeah, and say really these guys. Stupid. Say I think these are the four best. These are the teams that should be in. And no, like why play the games if Florida State goes undefeated? Well, and the hubris playing? to think that like this group of people yeah. can decide. They they only they know yeah. who are the best teams. Like it's so stupid. Yeah, this 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 fired me up when it happened, and then uh, yeah, I. And I love I mean, like I, the I, poli- I thought you'd have some thoughts here. I, I love the politicking from college football coaches. Like Georgia, 
I think Georgia's the best team in the country, okay? And, you know, I mean, Carson Beck's playing at a high level, and uh, uh, that defense isn't getting the same pressure, but they're still Georgia. D I think Georgia can beat anybody. Uh, and like Kirby Smart said after the game, if you're talking about the four best teams and you don't think, and you don't think we're one of them, you shouldn't be in this business. Uh, <laughs> every coach has their rationale. I think Mike Norville's rationale is the best. They won their games. Yeah. So uh, Very silly. Yeah. All right. Well, good stuff. Right? We've got a fired up Zach to, to close out this episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast. We are back at Thursday at three, uh, sorry, 11 o'clock. Uh, have our, uh, our draft ahead of Eagles Cowboys. I wonder if we should do something different this week since we've because already done this matchup. Yeah, we'll figure that like out. That. Something to think about. And then on Friday back, I believe at three o'clock, hope we have Dane is back a little back to back with uh, the man who has, uh, I, I think is, is like, it's like Dom is the newest celebrity in Philadelphia, and then it's Danis. Everybody is, uh, everybody's talking the about Mr. Selman. So uh, we look forward to that, and we thank you to everybody for watching and joining the show today. Make sure that you are hitting thumbs up on the YouTube, you're subscribing to the channel, all that good stuff, evangelizing to all your friends and to strangers on the street. Just shout out them, PHLY, compliments to the chef, all that good stuff. Uh, grow the brand. So. For Zach and Julia and Baldy and Fletch, we thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll talk to you on Thursday. And as always, we love you. Y'all silly like the mayor. 